I'm Gary O'Reilly. Chuck Nice. This is playing with science. science. Today, we're taking a good long look at the big one. The once a year circus that has the whole world watching. And that's just the halftime show. Yeah, and if you're just lucky enough to get to play in this once in a lifetime game, Man, I got to tell you, you uh, you're you're in a very elite crowd. Unless your name is Tom Grady, in which case this happens just about every single February. Get over it. <laughs> to help steer us through defensive line and take out that quarterback, we'll bring you two times winner and former New York Giant Osea Manura. Yes, and going for touchdown goal. We're also going to have another winner and MVP, former Steelers wide receiver Santonio Holmes. And of course, we wouldn't be without our special teams. And our hot shot today is none other than astrophysicist Charles Liu, who'll break down some of the science behind the greatest show on Earth. That's and right. trying desperately not to fumble on every play will be Chuck and myself. <laughs> we make no promises. Wait, wait, did somebody just throw a flag? No, they didn't. Already? Oh, outrageous. Unbelievable. All right, let's get this thing let's started. Do it. And to kick things off, our first string, which we got astrophysicist Chuck Liu. And we we have the man himself, Super Bowl MVP, Santonio Holmes. Yes. What's up, Santonio? How's it going, guys? Good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Doesn't get better than that, MVP. So, um, you know, what we're talking about in in this uh, show is basically the big game, what it's about, what it feels like. And, of course, we can't talk about what it feels like to win a Super Bowl. So we had to bring in somebody who knows what it feels like to win a Super Bowl. Um, From a Charlie Sheen standpoint, winning is uh, what Santonio Holmes does. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. So uh, before we get into like what what it feels like and all that, Santonio and Chuck, what we want to do is take a look at what we're calling the uh, Santonio Holmes Super Bowl winning drive. Yeah. Because, man, it, it was all you. So, and then Chuck will we'll let you break down some of the science behind what's going on. But it's not just one clip. We got to show, like, all the plays because the entire drive was basically just uh, Roethlisberger yep. playing a two-man game with the man who was sitting right with us. So let's the take a look. Catch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's basically it was it. It was a game of catch. It was a game of catch that won the Super Bowl. Let's take a look at it. Game-winning drives in the fourth quarter or overtime. Hard showing blitz. And here they come. And Roethlisberger escapes and throws. And the pass is caught. Holmes reaches up, makes the catch. Rushing five. Ben pumps, throws, caught. Holmes, Francisco falls down. Holmes is going to take it inside the ten, and he's going to get to the five-yard line. Miller slot left. Washington outside left. Roethlisberger, pass time, throws to the back of the end zone, and it is off for a touchdown by Holmes. To the corner of the end zone. Does he get both feet down? Left definitely. Did the right tap as well with control. He had that control both feet down. I say yes. I, I say do both feet in, both feet down, and control of the ball. Amazing. Three Cardinals are there. You've got three guys. The, the he right, had it on the other side in the play before, though. Right. The right foot is coming up, 
but it's down on the ground. Is it down on the ground? Does he toe tap it as he has control of the ball? He has control all the way through, and that's the whole issue right there. After review, the receiver controlled the football, came down on both toes, inbounds, touchdown is real. He made no apology for playing the whole of that. Yeah. So unbelievable. How long did it take you before you let go of that ball? Uh, I think when I got on the sideline, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I gave it to, to one of the guys that put up for me. But, um, I mean, that was an amazing opportunity, you know, that we had to, to display greatness. Uh, and it was displayed, you know, by a team effort. Um Granted, it came down to making, you know, four big plays at the end of the game. Yeah. But that effort of our defense to to to, to give us an opportunity, you know, to get back in place. Uh, yeah. they, they gave up a big play. Those guys scored uh, with Fitzgerald running down the middle of the field. Yeah. Mm. I think that allowed our offense enough time to to get out there and just have fun. So now, you know, let me ask you when uh, when when you're in the huddle. Does the play is the play called to you all, you know, and at, so the last four plays of that drive, is is that your number being called every single time? Not at all. No, not at all. no. Um, so when you get in the huddle, what what happens with Roethlisberger? He's not calling your number. So what happens? Uh, Bruce Aarons um, was our offensive coordinator at the time, and the way our offense was set up was to beat on one side of the field we're playing versus man to man other side of the field we're playing versus zone and depending on okay. the play call and how those guys are set up that's where Roethlisberger goes and uh, makes uh, his reads and knowing that we had a I want to say a rookie corner at the time mm-hmm. in uh Dominique Rogers Camardi uh, yeah mm-hmm. not anymore not anymore but <laughs> yes you're right at the time he's he's, he's definitely established himself you know as a as a prolific cornerback uh, mm-hmm. in the NFL now yeah uh, but at that time, he was young and very aggressive. And, and you can see in the video that he wanted to make plays uh, 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 to try to stop, you know, our offense. But Roethlisberger, with his famous pump fake, you know, kind of gave, gave me an opportunity to, to get open and find the uh, soft zones for me to sit down in. So, did, so once, once you hit the corner of the end zone with triple coverage, you thinking there is no way this ball's going to end up in my arms. I never even saw those guys on the football field. Wow. To be honest, uh, the minute uh, the the linebacker stuck his hand out and he just whiffed at me, uh, I, I stumbled, you know, getting off the line because I thought he was going to jam me up. And if mm-hmm. he jammed me up, this play was yeah. Was the, play, no the play is over. If yeah. he if he if he gets you a little jam at the at the line of scrimmage, it's done, you know, because you yeah. don't you don't have time to get to the back of the end zone then. So he gives exactly. you a little whiff. You get behind him. Now it it, it kind of looked like you know there was a lot of you know, and I don't know if that's just drama, but there was a lot of like, did he get his feet down? Did but the way you sat. Once you caught the ball, you're sitting with your legs spread. You're cradling, cradling the ball like it's a little infant. Your head is down. Your teammates are hugging you. But you could tell right then and there that you knew for a fact that that was a catch and a touchdown. So what was going through your mind when you're sitting there in the back of the end zone on on the ground with your little baby football in your arms? <laughs> uh-huh. The main thing was uh, was thank you God that this opportunity came. It was because of a dream, you know, a, a young kid from a small town in Belle Glade, Florida, who believed that one day he wanted to win the Super Bowl. And I didn't care if I won three, four, five, but I wanted a chance to win one. 
and playing in high school state championship games, uh, playing in the national championship game, and getting the ultimate gold opportunity to play in the Super Bowl, I couldn't ask for anything more. And my dream came true when the prayers were answered that I just want to win the Super Bowl. And this time I have to do something. I have to do something that solidifies myself and my place uh, in this football world that I have worked so hard uh, to, to achieve. But you take it a level further because that catch gives the Steelers six titles. That's a record that stands now. So, you know, the dream just got better and yeah. better and better. Let's jump into the science here, Yeah, man. let's get the let's background get on what turned out to be the dream. Yeah, exactly. So, Chuck, take a look uh, and give us a little breakdown from uh, a physics standpoint. When you are uh, looking at a play, uh, a pass play, and let's, let's kind of get right to the uh, the touchdown pass because the touchdown pass is really uh, the, the the play that uh, that that has a lot of physics going on. So can you can you take us through it? Like what is happening? Here's my question for Mr. Holmes. Okay, from the physics point of view, what was going on there was a problem not just in jumping and touching, but in the rotation. Okay, your feet were essentially the fulcrum for a big rotating system. Does that make sense? So you, your throw, Ben had to throw it high up so you could actually see what was going on. So the play really, and again, it's an amazing catch, Mr. Holmes. I really appreciate it. Uh, I enjoyed it so much when I watched it. Uh, it's really about angular momentum, right? Ben Roethlisberger had to throw the ball high enough and away enough from you that the defenders could not block it, which meant that you had to reach out already. That means your body was already rotating, in other words, tilting downward and upward at this outward and upward and downward at the same time, while you had to keep your feet tucked down and touched down in order to make that catch. So you were reached out, you were already having this rotation that was going on, which would have carried you out of the end zone. And then the ball came and added an additional uh, angular momentum vector, basically a torque to your whole body. Uh -huh. which meant that you would be like acting like a lever and it could have pulled you out and off the ground. So my question to you was, did you feel that tug when the ball hit your hands and did you have to touch down with your feet, especially like twist your ankles, for example, to make sure to compensate for that additional added angular momentum? And if so, that is an amazing physical activity that you had to do in order to make that catch work. Uh, thank you. When I was in high school, I always thought, how can I play in the NFL? And in order to make plays in the NFL, you always had to get two feet down and in bounds. So in high school and in college, I never followed the one foot rule to get my feet down and bounds. It was always about two. Coming to that particular play, and even leading up until, you know, two years prior to that, uh, me joining the NFL, I'm pretty sure there are plays that I've made on the sideline where I toe-tap, yeah. toe-tap here and there. Just to get to that way. point in the end zone, knowing that I had no room to move, that this was the only spot for me, and to know Roethlisberger put that ball in the exact spot. I never felt myself come off the ground, but I actually – thought that I stayed on the very tip of my toes. I can't hear him at all. But I do know that I, uh, after watching the video, saw that my feet came off the off the ground, elevated by, by inches. And to know that 
I was able to hit the ground before the defender was able to knock me out of bounds, uh, it all made, you know, that big of a difference. And is that, that's probably just, um, that's probably, you probably do that second nature. It's probably just a matter Mm -hmm. of your repetition. You do it so many times, so many times, so many times that you don't even think about it when you're doing it. Is that right? When you know there's only this much space in the back of an end zone or on the sideline, uh, your peripheral vision has to come into into a factor. And by running so many plays toward the sideline and catching balls uh, in practice and just for fun, the repetition, like you said, it became second nature. To I know that I'm in this place where the yes. only other place I can go is out of bounds. Super cool, man. That's fantastic. Gentlemen, been an absolute pleasure. Charles Lou, brilliant. I think you'll be staying with us. Yes. Antonio Holmes. Stay, stay with me, guys. I'm, I'm still here. I'm just going to show you guys something real quick. Oh, All really? Right. Okay. All right. What? Watch out. Here we go. Unexpected. This is kind of cool. This would be good. For those of you listening, uh, we are uh, via, via Skype with uh, San Antonio, and he went, oh, oh, snap! That's a Lombardi trophy <laughs> that uh, San Antonio just went and pulled up on screen for See, us. For those of you listening engraved. without the benefit of, of video, he's got the Lombardi trophy right there. Is that Now, is that because you're the MVP that you get to, that you get to have the Lombardi trophy? Hold on, I'm trying to get, trying to take the glare away from it. Okay, but no. All right, so this trophy was uh, to every player. Um, okay. we all we to get a replica trophy uh, for winning the Super Bowl, and we were all asked to put uh, something on our trophy, uh, just in case we won the game. So my coach, Coach Ray Horton, uh, who was the defensive backs coach at the time, mm-hmm. had asked, "Hey, Tone." Um, is this all you just going to write just your name and wide receiver number 10 on the on your trophy? And I was like, yeah, coach. I mean, that's that's basically it. You know, he said, well, I think you should write something else on there. And I'm like, what do you mean? What's written on my trophy? Go on. It's Super Bowl 43 MVP. And this one is for the muck, which is my hometown. Now, this was presented... This was written on this trophy two weeks before, before the Super Bowl. Before the Super Bowl. Oh, sir. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Very nice, man. That okay. is super. I feel like I, I should share this with everybody and let you guys know that, that my dream was to become a Super Bowl MVP, and it's written right here. Well, that's that's very cool. That is that is. Thank you for sharing. That yeah. is absolutely incredible. Hey, to show us not just the MVP cap, but the Lombardi Trophy. There you go. That oh, engraving. No. One, one more thing, guys. All right. Oh, thing. we got another thing. This is great. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's like uh, San Antonio is breaking out all the stops for us. Love it. Oh. Oh. Is is that the MVP trophy? This uh, is. That's the star. The Pete Rozelle. Yes, sir. That's the Pete Rozelle MVP <laughs> trophy. <sighs> Yo, man, that's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. How big is your trophy cabinet? Uh, it's not very big at the moment. I, I got the rest of the trophies in uh, at my mom's house. Uh, I just right. I just trapped with a few that uh, that mean the most to me, which is uh, which is these ones. Yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't think you need any more to be honest. No, <laughs> not really. Like if you only had two trophies and those were the only two trophies you had, like okay. uh, you'd be okay. Yeah. You know, oh, no questions about it. Yeah, no, no questions. Nobody would it. come along and say like, "Where's your other trophies?" I mean, all you got is an MVP trophy and like a Super Bowl trophy. I mean, seriously, what right? Else? Right? Where's your bowling trophies? Huh, San Antonio? <laughs> oh, oh, you want bowling trophy? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> if he pulls out a bowling trophy, I'm done. I'm, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on, you can't see it, but it's autographed by me uh, right here, uh, Super Bowl 43 MVP. This was at uh, at the uh, Brunswick uh, uh, bowling lanes that we did with the uh, Third and Long Foundation. You crazy, uh, <laughs> Antonio? Man, you too much. You so much for sharing. That is absolutely yeah, that was great, man. Incredible. Hey, man, make sure you come back, man. We'd yeah. love to have you back on the show. All right, man. Sure. Right, man. Send me the invite. I'll be more than welcome. All right, buddy. Uh, Thanks so much. <laughs> so, of course, the big game is the most social day of the year. Yeah, pre-game, halftime, and maybe some football. Yeah, maybe some football. And, uh, of course, to get a social look at the most social day, here's James Matter. And, James, take it away. Look, if you're not watching the big game, you're crazy, okay? Not even about football. Just a big party. It's an event. Look, you don't even have to know the sport to enjoy it. Go gamble. Yeah, don't even gamble on football. I got friends back home. They spent three months' worth of rent before the kickoff. Yeah, that's right. Gamble on how long the national anthem is. That's fun. If she holds a note too long, you're really going to get nervous. How about the coin toss? Coin toss is what it's about. I got a friend who financed a Porsche because he had tails plus the points. That's the American dream, yo. How about music? Who doesn't like music? We all like music because we have souls. Halftime show's the biggest gig of the year. Grammys ain't nothing on the halftime show. Ever since Justin pulled out Janet's boob, oh man, anything can happen. How great was that moment? All those years in high school, me with that Rolling Stone cover, with Janet with her, with her boobs covered by some random dude's hands, me turning it upside down and sideways trying to see a nipple, and then at halftime, I got to see it? That's the moment I stopped being an atheist. Thank you, football. How about that time Missy Elliott showed up out of years in exile, still wearing a jacket that's a trash bag. After all these years, she doesn't want to wear a normal people jacket. No, she goes hefty or not at all. Get your freak on, baby. How about the time that The Who came out? And for weeks we're like, no way they're gonna play the same songs they play all the time there on TV. And they played the same songs that they do every time on TV. They hate rehearsing, apparently. We got fooled again, baby. We got fooled again. You know what else is great about the big game? Commercials. Yeah, what's more fun than gathering around the television after a bunch of foreign outs, seeing what out-of-work actor isn't themselves to lead a Snickers? Yeah, that's exciting. Get those paychecks, Betty White. It's also fun to see movie trailers. Yeah, I got friends who know nothing about football. They don't know why you don't punt on first down, but they love Marvel movies because they're nerds. And if you talk during a Marvel trailer, guess what, baby? Boom, boom, there's gonna be some furniture moving. My buddy will throw food at you if you open your beak at any time during a Marvel preview. A few years ago, dude left all this guacamole all over the place. Why? Because he wouldn't shut his mush while Guardians of the Galaxy trailer's playing. You keep your mouth shut while Rocket Raccoon is talking. That's the 11th commandment. Get it together, baby. Guys, enjoy the big game. It's gonna be a good time. I'm either gonna be rich or homeless. But boo, there's gonna be a lot of fun, baby. Bam. Okay, we are going to take a break. Uh, that's great. It's going to be tough to follow an MVP from Super Bowl, it's but it's going to be tough to follow we a bowling are trophy. Going to do our best. We're going to get a guy who's won two Super Bowls. Stick around. OC Amanura is up next. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing With Science. And today we're taking a real good look at the big game. Yes, the game that's got everybody's attention. The game that gets the world talking. If it's not the halftime show, it's the TV commercials. 
But sometimes a game breaks out somewhere around about in the middle. And one guy who knows exactly what to do when that game breaks out is former New York Giants linebacker O.C. Amanura. O.C. Yes, sir. There you go. All right. Good. Welcome to the show. All right. Not once, but twice you faced up Tom Brady and walked away with the world's biggest smile. And, and, you know, that is, let's look at who we're talking about. Mm. Ostensibly, this guy maybe go down in history as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I mean, people are having that conversation. But you and your uh, compatriots, See my little pun there. See what I did there. I, I see that. Did I see, see what you did. You see what I just what did, did there. We okay. We're right. trying to ignore it. Yeah. But, carry on. <laughs> but no, you and that defensive line will forever be known as the Brady Killer, right? Because I mean, mm. you guys really dialed up his number. You had his number. So uh, here's what we'd like to do right yes. now. OC, we have a yeah. clip of you, and it may seem uh, a little unorthodox, but it kind of shows the importance that you had on that defensive line because wherever you were, there mm. was always an offensive line breakdown. So let's take a look at this clip. Get a clear shot at Brady. Third down and 17. Brady in trouble again, Justin Tuck. So right now there's an injury on the play Steve by the Patriots. Steve is having a tough time getting back up. Well, watch Justin Tuck. He's in here in the middle. He does a great job. They overload the side with O.C. Eumannure and Jason Tuck, or Justin Tuck, and he's able to get a clear shot as well. Good job defensively. So here's what I love about that clip, O.C. Justin Tuck came away with the sack. But that play does not happen without you on the outside forcing a collapse of the pocket. What What you see is Brady steps up into Justin Tuck. And the reason right. why he's stepping up into Justin Tuck is because you're on the outside going, I'm going to get you. And so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that was our whole game plan. We knew Tuck was going to be tough for them inside. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to force Brady up into the pocket. So we were coming with relentless pressure off the edge, and he was just stepping right into whether it was Justin Tuck, sometimes Strahan coming in the inside, Jay Alford. He just kept on stepping into into the um, into the pressure, man. So he fell exactly for our plan, and I think we executed it flawlessly. Meanwhile, I, I can watch that game a thousand times. I could just keep watching that over and over. Why are we, we not surprised? <laughs> we got plenty of clips for you. Hey, no. Chuck Lou, Chuck Lou, do us a favor. Why don't yeah, you jump yeah. in there and uh, break, break that down? Yeah, give us a little, well, give us a little physics. Sure. Well, the basic point, uh, which is just athleticism. Uh, regards in that play, you see Justin basically pushing in through the center, and then you've mm-hmm. got offensive linemen moving in the direction of OC. Now OC's got to take down one, two, maybe three people, take them off, put them off balance, and move them over, while Justin then gets a clear shot at Brady when he's trying to step up in the pocket. So OC, my question to you is, how do you, as one man, successfully mm-hmm. pull off what is physically not supposed to happen? and take down three men at once. Were you using speed? Were you using leverage? Uh, just the basic idea that the low man wins? Or did you have mm-hmm. some other strategy that allowed you to put more 
of your influence on them, even though they had more weight and more force behind them? Yeah, it was a combination of both. Um, speed was, was my primary asset, you yeah. know, going into that game anyway. And um, you, you, the low man wins also is is a big factor in, in determining who's going to be able to push back the line of scrimmage. So what you wanted to do is you wanted to use speed and then try and turn that, you know, and get a little bit lower than the guy and that will be able to win uh, your, your individual matchup. So. Uh, it, it was tough, you know. A lot of those, a lot of times, there were two people on me, three people. They would slide the line that way to try and curtail uh, um, yep. what me and Justin Tuck were doing, but we were able to continuously get pressure on him, and uh, it, it, it was a great day. OC, can you just break down what low man wins to the audience like myself who aren't real right. aficionados? Right. Well, low man wins basically is whoever is lower than the other guy. Basically have more leverage on your opponent when you're lower than him. It allows you to generate more power from, from your hips and then from your quads. And that, that's exactly what low man, that's what they teach. They want you to get mm -hmm. lower than your opponent and you kind of strike your, strike him from like a, a down to up motion. I don't really know how to explain it that well, but it's basically you, you want to sink your hips and then strike from lower than him to create leverage and, and, and push him out of the way. From the physics perspective, it's straightforward because as soon as the man leaves his feet, all right, he can't drive off the ground to produce force to go in your direction. So if you are lower than the other opponent, then that gives you the chance to increase the amount of push you can get off the ground onto him, whereas he has a decreased amount of force to push down onto you. So it, you know, how you get into the angles, into the corners is what we're all about. You know, O.C., you're, one of your most famous moves is the uh, strip sack fumble, where you would come around the end, and then you'd do that sort of, uh, chop with your right hand, right? right. You're usually right. suspecting quarterback, which is the right-handed quarterback who's like, you're coming in on the blind side, and you're able to take that arm and just remove the ball as a result, right? Exactly. Now, so, yeah, so let me ask you this, and I've always wanted to ask someone who uses that tool. When you bring your chop down, when you bring your mm -hmm. hand down, mm -hmm. where are you aiming? Are you aiming for the hand? Are you aiming for the shoulder? Are you aiming for the elbow? Where is it that you get the maximum amount of force input onto the arm so that the ball comes free? For me, it was always the hand. Always the hand. Ah. For some reason, like the quarterback, you know, they hold the ball. But they don't hold the ball quite as tight as, as you would expect because in order for them to throw it, they don't, they don't squeeze it. So pretty much any little thing that you do to the hand you know, is going to have the ball come out. So I don't understand a lot of times when people, you know, take these shots at the quarterback when they have a clean shot at him rather than going for his hand because that creates a forced fumble, which is basically the biggest play you can have on defense. But what I would aim for is the hand, and it's, it, w it would happen so fast. It was like split second. Like I would come around the corner, and then within like, I don't even know, it was like a millisecond, I would just out the corner of my eye see it, and I would just reach straight for his hand, not his elbow or his shoulder. It was always the hand. Wow, so, brilliant! That's so, really awesome. That's amazing. So, in 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 as quickly as a defensive play unfolds, in that mm -hmm. time, your brain is processing the fact that yeah. you're going to fend off this offensive lineman, get right. around him, mm -hmm. locate right. the ball, right. and then strike the ball from the hand. All in what? Maybe two? Maybe two point three seconds? Yeah, it, it was. It, so to be honest with you, I, I still don't understand. I don't know how I, how I was able to do that. Even some of these guys who do it now, I don't know. I can't quite understand the way we're able to do it because it just it happens so quick. You know, you come around that corner and it's like 
as soon as he's lifting his hand, you're right there. You just stick your hand out right there, knock the ball out, and, and it's out, man. But everything happens within within a millisecond. Did you work right. on developing your peripheral vision, OC, as part of your practice and training? We would. We, I didn't work on it specifically. I think we all had. Um, we all did drills like during practice. We would all do drills about you know knocking the ball out the quarterback's hand, but. For some reason, I was just, that's just something that I was much better at than, than the rest of the guys on our team. But I didn't work on oh. an extra or anything like that, no. Well, I, I will, as a scientist, biasedly tell you, from my point of view, the reason you're able to do that is because your human brain is the best computer, far better than any machine that anyone could have about <laughs> figuring out exactly what your physical system can do in order to produce the maximum amount of force on that ball. Uh, you didn't have to write it down on a homework problem or anything, but your brain and your body were finely tuned to produce the maximum physical effect on your opponent. And uh, I applaud you for that. It's really quite remarkable, really. Wow, look at that. Hey. High praise for OC's brains. I've never seen OC that quiet. <laughs> so, uh, so OC, from now on, whenever you talk to somebody and they're like, how were you such a prolific defensive player? You can tell them, my brain. My brain. It's my brain, my brain. <laughs> my brain's faster than anything else. See, go back to that Super Bowl. You weren't really supposed to win it, the Giants. Then all of a sudden... Was it helmet catch with Tyree? Changes yeah. the momentum completely. And at this moment, you're sat on the sidelines. How does it feel yes. watching that unfold Wait, in front of you? Do we have that? Do we have that? I think we have that clip. Can we Wait. play that clip? Yeah, we do. So this is a cut. Uh, go ahead. The catch. Yeah. I'll tell you guys exactly Pressure what happened. from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh, my God. This ball is thrown, and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. And Eli, man, I don't know how he got out of there. I thought he was on the ground, and, and then he came out of the pile and just slings it. That's a great catch by David Tyree. So when you look at this, it just looks like a play of sheer will. Yeah. Right. So what are you guys thinking? You're on the sideline. You're the defense. What are you, what's going on with you guys while you're watching this? Yeah, you know, the crazy thing is I didn't even see the play. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 was watching, I was watching the game, and then I, I saw, I knew it was like fourth down or something, and I saw them grab Eli. And as soon as they grabbed him, I said to myself, "Oh, the game is over. We lost." And I put my head down. I, you know, I, I could feel I could feel the tears starting to well up in my eyes. <laughs> so I put my head down, and then all of a sudden, I heard the crowd scream. And so I, I looked up and I saw Tyree, you know, standing up with the football. I was like, "Wow, something something crazy must have happened here." And um, I didn't get a chance to see it until later. Uh, you know, when I was watching it on the Jumbotron, I was like, that was something incredible, man. So all, everybody else got to see the play except for me because I, I, I was so disappointed. I put my head down because I saw them grab Eli. Who knew Eli had that kind of athleticism? There you go. Get out of there. Who knew? <laughs> see, I didn't know. Just, once a linebacker, always a linebacker. Never going to give a QB any credit. <laughs> and I don't blame him because guess what? He's not hating. He is not hating on Eli right now. No. I looked at that play and I was just like, who? possessed How? Eli Manning to make that play happen because you know doggone well Eli does not do that but that's why I said it's like a, a play of sheer will but still one of the most famous Super Bowl plays ever and I'm going to share something with you OC I was there on the sideline when that happened 
And wow. I was at the game for, right. for Fox, and I was on the Patriots sideline. Now, I don't know if you remember. First of all, you guys were hitting. Okay, you could hear the hits. Mm-hmm. You could hear right. the hits up in oh, the yeah. first and second level. That's how hard you were hitting. And I was standing for the first half of the game on the Giants' sideline, and you guys were losing. But this is the one time in my entire life that I wanted the Giants to win a game because yeah. the Patriots had beaten the Eagles in the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. I was no way I was going to see the Patriots have an undefeated season and a Super Bowl <laughs> title. So I'm standing on the Giants' sideline. You guys are losing, but you're playing very well. And I mm-hmm. thought to myself, yeah. I am jinxing this team because I am an Eagles fan standing on the Giants' mm-hmm. sideline. So halftime, I went through the tunnel, and I stood on the Patriots' sideline, and you guys won. So you can thank me whenever you want. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll thank you now. I'll thank you right now. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, hey, OC, do me a favor. Uh, we got to take a break, right, Gary? We have. We're going to take a break. But you, my friend, must hang around. Got a little something special just for you. So, uh, O.C., I don't know if you know this or not. Wait, can but you use my initials too? N.D.T.? N.D.T.? <laughs> 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 you know, yeah, nothing yeah. unless you got, like, some initials, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. But N.D.T. is actually a an athlete. I don't know if you knew that or not. Uh, Neil wrestled, did some crew. My man's, like, you know, he's... The, the active, ex-athlete. Ex-athlete. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, oh, I think, wow, I think we're all in that category. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, l- let me just ask you, uh, what do you see the common thread between all athletes and you can make this scientific or emotional what what do you see as a common thread between all athletes that's a, I, I would i would not put all athletes in the same all athletes category really i think there's some mm. categories of sports that have a certain stress level training level energy level musculoskeletal level that would distinguish them from other athletes so for example if you're a world class golfer I don't know that they're going to give you a seat at the football table. Uh, OC, do, do, yeah. you, do you consider golfers athletes? Uh, I, I, okay, you know. Don't answer. Okay. Don't answer, brother. Okay. Don't answer. It's okay. It's okay. We no, got I'm, getting, I'm getting a vibe here. It's a no. We got the it's answer. It's a definite I'm no. I'm put you on the spot. We got the answer. No, so, so, so what I found they is. They asked me the other day. They were like, do you consider people who play darts? Let me just say I mean, this. Let me just say this. Here's the answer to that. Any game you can play with a mug of beer in your hand is not an athlete. Okay. There will be others who disagree with you. For sure. So what I found is that the when I and I learned this interviewing for Star Talk when I interviewed professional athletes and they knew or they saw some early photo of me coming off the wrestling mat. There was a little extra bonding. Just a little bit of extra chemistry there that I felt mm-hmm. in the interview, a little bit of respect that went beyond just, you know, what else I may have accomplished. And and I mm-hmm. value that. It's a kind of like a brotherhood, if you will, of people who sweat and toiled and risked injury, but, but get injured, had to recover from injury. Does OC's but, position resonate with you? Because OC was a linebacker defensive end, and there's an awful lot yeah. of what I would call wrestling going on at the line of scrimmage. So OC, do you see yourself as kind of part wrestler when you're playing middle linebacker or? Defensive question. end? Yeah. Great question. Yeah, I, I think um I think a lot of really good offensive and defensive linemen actually did wrestling. Like ah. they, 
they, they wrestled because it's a lot of leverage, a lot of, you know, you have to be able to get up under your guys. So a lot of the really good ones were actually wrestlers also. Yes. Excellent point. Cause I, cause when I'm wrestling, I got to know where your center of mass is mm-hmm. and what is holding you up from falling down. Right. And then I can hit that and then you're down. Right. Period. See, I would play, play, I get to add not only the fact that I've wrestled, but I have a degree in physics. So I know, I know. So I got all the forces. I, I'm, sometimes I might have to think too much about it and then right. it's too late for me. Right. But, but I'll know even how I fell down. Right. Well, let me let you know, both. It's dangerous. Dangerous. Yes. <laughs> dangerous. I'm going to let both of you know that I too did wrestle. And, um, but I wrestled with emotional problems. Oh, no. so, <laughs> just letting you know, I, I think it's just as valid. <laughs> just as valid, man. Just as valid. Yo, wrestling is hard, man. That's a, that's a really difficult sport. Yeah. Really and, difficult. And, and did I tell you this? I say this all the time. I don't want to overstate it. Mm-hmm. But if you ask anybody what sport is the hardest thing they've ever done, okay. you'll get a variety of answers. Okay. Cross-country skiing, long-distance swimming, triathlon. Ping pong. But if they have wrestled, they'll tell you wrestling. <laughs> they'll what tell I you wrestling. They'll tell you wrestling. Right on. That's that, that, Okay. Uh, see, while we have the great man here, was there any real science behind once you get into the NFL and what that brought to your playing career and the defensive unit? Or did they just say, go out and do your thing? No, it was, uh, you know, we had some really good coaches. But what I found out was once you got into the NFL, you almost had to start coaching yourself because the coaches, they don't really have enough time to sit with you individually and, and you know, get you better. They're lo- actively looking for your replacement every single year. Mm. So you almost had to have a, a, a sense of, yeah, it's the truth. That's serious. <laughs> you know? Hush. Yeah. Yo, that's some insight, man. That's some yeah. serious insight. So basically, they're looking for self-starters. The guys, yeah, that, exactly. the guys that can sit, watch the films, the guys that want to teach themselves, the guys that are motivated to do it on their own. Exactly. Those are the ones who who, who succeed. Gotcha. Right. Wow, that's that's an incredible insight. Yeah, but think about it. These, you know, if you're in the NFL, you were the best your high school ever saw. You're one of the best mm-hmm. in your college. Mm-hmm. So they can't still keep thumb sucking you when you come into the NFL. Am I, yeah. am I, is that a fair statement? First statement, man. There's just they just don't have enough time for that. So right. you have to you have to be able to you know be self motivated and, and the get nurturing out there and is over. The nurturing Done. is over. Yeah, uh, it is the school of hard knocks. Quite literally, when it's OC playing, <laughs> <laughs> certainly. <laughs> OC is a former Atlanta Falcons. Okay, and a man who has given Tom Brady two of the worst days of his life. Right, am I correct? So yeah. let's throw forward to the next. To the Super Bowl. Big game uh, in Houston. All what right. are your thoughts from a man thoughts? who has some serious experience? Well, I, I think Bill Belichick, obviously, is the greatest coach we've ever seen in the NFL. Okay. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are, are a hot offense, great on offense, but I think Bill Belichick is going to find a way to kind of limit what they're able to do offensively. That being said, I think defensively for the Falcons, they have some excellent pass rushes, and the way to get after the New England Patriots is to, first of all, stop the run uh-huh. and then turn your pass rush loose. And they have Big Beasley, Dwight Freeney, and they have some really good players who can really get after the quarterback. Uh-huh. My thought is, uh, my head is telling me the the New England Patriots are going to win. My heart wants the Atlanta Falcons to win. I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say the Atlanta Falcons. All right. Can I can I comment on that? Please go of ahead. course. Okay. Uh, I'm born and raised in the Bronx, so I'm a legitimate Yankee fan, and mm-hmm. there t- and the Yankees have have been in forty 
World Series over the past 120 of them, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have, ex- we have come to expect to win, and then when you don't win, we're disappointed. We, we barely cheer them for being in the in the in the World Series. Right. You got to win. So yeah. so you get a little you get a little complacent. You get a little fat fat and happy about it. Right. So <laughs> I I I learned recently that Atlanta, for all four of their professional teams, the 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 baseball, yeah. hockey, football, and basketball, have one championship in their history, and it was the Braves in 1998, if I'm remembering the statistic, statistic carefully. So the city wants it. The city needs it. And yep. I think they're hungrier than the Patriots. And if there's that that un, unmeasured extra factor, you can compare all the numbers you want and who runs fastest or who's got the best plays, but right. at the end of the day, there's a little extra bit that a player can put in that can transcend anything that they've performed before. And if that were not true for professional athletes, no one would ever set a world record in the Olympics. Think about it. What is a world record? It's something you did that day that exceeded everything you did in all previous days you have ever performed. Right. So, mm. so I'm going to give. Um, so I'm with you on this. My emotions are with Atlanta because a city shouldn't go that long and they have that many teams without a championship. Okay. Well, right, Matty Ice and Julio Jones. OC is that is yeah. that is that the path to glory for the Falcons? Uh, no, 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 no. I think, I think they're going to have to lean heavily on their running game because, like I said, Bill Belichick, he's going to eliminate Julio Jones. Yes. He's not going to allow Julio to beat him. Right. Um, right. They're going to double cover him. He's going he's gonna to look for Matt Ryan, or he's going to make Matt Ryan use all his other weapons. That's right. I, I think what they, what they really need to do is use Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, who are not only outstanding runners, but they're also outstanding receivers, and, and they're going to cause a lot of problems for for the New England Patriots um, secondary and their linebackers. I think that will be their path to victory because Julio, I'm not going to say he's going to be a non-factor, but he's not going to be as big a factor right. as most people. Because they're going to try to neutralize him. That's, oh, you gosh, know, of yes. course. Now, let me ask you, on the de- defensive side of the ball for Atlanta, it's been my, ex- my observation, and I could be wrong, that when you get to Tom Brady, uh, the Patriots' off- offense really suffers. Like right. I don't, I think he's a guy that's not used to being hit. And when right. he gets hit, he's like, "Hey, man, what the f is <laughs> happening? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Guys, guys, they're hitting me, guys!" Like I you really don't like Tom Brady. No, I love Tom Brady. I think he, I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm be very honest right now. I'm be very honest. I think Tom Brady. I'm, I'm going. I hate to say this. I hate to say this. You want to be Tom Brady. Tom Tom Brady is the best quarterback to ever play football. Mm-hmm. Okay, it wow. it pains me to say that it pains and 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 it's only because he is a winner. Okay, he is like the quintessential winner. But um, do I like Tom Brady? That's a whole nother story. <laughs> but am, am, I, am I right about the fact that when you hit him, you change his entire game? Yeah, he he just goes to he goes to one that that voice you use that's the exact voice guys guys that is the exact it's, voice that's guys, they're hitting me they're hitting I've me guys I heard that voice <laughs> see in the locker room before the game the the guys are just going to huddle the linebackers defense we're going to get him to use that voice <laughs> and that's that's the key they key off from there I bet all I want to say Chuck just you be hating on Tom Brady if if you can embarrass him and have him run away to another planet that doesn't mean Jachelle Bunchen is going to come running to you oh man mm. yeah, breaking news look at Neil, breaking news look at Neil getting right to the heart of the matter 
right, you know, Neil, you have done some tweets about the yes. uh, big game itself. Every now and then, just if I feel, my tweets are if I feel it in the moment, and then I just deposit them and oh. walk away. I don't, it's not a, it's it's not like a movement or anything. That's funny. I believe there's a certain president who does the same. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I believe we have some. Uh, yeah, I think we've got some that we can pop up. On dug up some of my tweets? I think we dug we up have, some yeah. of tweets. Right. They're out there forever. You should All right, what that. do you have? What do you have? All right, go ahead, Neil. Right, okay. Read this one. This is just a few weeks ago. Sometimes I wonder if we'd have flying cars by now had civilization spent a little less brain energy contemplating football. <gasps> oh, my God. You're losing a look friend. At, look at OC. You are losing oh, a friend. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, Neil's my hero, man. Neil's my hero. No, no. Let me just let me let me explain. Oh, please do, please, please do. do. So first, yeah. first, I capitalized F in football for that because, and I use the word civilization because mm. the whole world plays football. Right. Yeah. You're a Brit. Don't yes. tell me you guys don't invest invest a lot of brain energy thinking about who's oh. going to play, who's going to win, who's going to be in the World Cup. Who's don't tell Eat, me that sleep. Repeat. It's just, it's, 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 just do it. So we have flying. Don't, don't. Mm. So now I'm just saying a little bit less of that energy. That's all. Okay. Okay. I don't mean all. Just a little bit. Okay. We pro we'd probably have flying cars by now. So okay. I, I got called out for that. Just yeah. I got called out on that on that tweet, and I so I, I I'm going to backpedal on it a little. What? Okay? You've gone off flying cars because I was asked if all those people who were football fans didn't think about football. It doesn't mean they're going to be thinking about flying cars. Uh -huh, they right. might just be thinking about where to get the next bucket of wings from, okay? Ah. So, a, a chicken wing. So I said, all right, maybe if they weren't thinking about just who's going to win or lose, maybe if they thought about how to make the game safer. Right. There's, a, there's technology that you could bring to it that could possibly improve it. I mean, so the other ways that brain energy could be applied. I just love so. the fact that you clean this up while O.C. Humanura is on the line and you're just like, yeah, I also meant soccer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden it became my problem. It became my problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But right. when you talk about the, the concussion and the impact, yeah. I think we're going to start to explore those areas with some technology. So... On Playing With Science, we'll be dealing with that. Like, that's a whole show. That's a whole show. That it's is a whole show. Yeah. show. O.C., why will we have you here? Do you yeah. have a question for His Royal Highness here? Oh, Something else that I always, um, not, well, not bothered me, but I wanted to know what your take on this is. Sometimes when I think about, like, the internet or, or you know, planes or, you know, things of that nature, I'm like, are there some people who are just born with, with brains that can think on that level? Because for me... You know, the internet or, or, or thing, like I would never have thought to do that. Like are there people who are just born naturally smart and they just know how to, they, they just know how to do things like that? Or is that, is that like a learned uh, a process? That's a, that's a brilliant question. So let me, I, let me answer it a couple of ways. One is uh, don't confuse being good at something with being smart. You should mm -hmm. think of those who are good at something as those who were committed to doing so, all right. You you can you could you walk up to who's our guy from the, the swimmer um, with oh, Phelps. Phelps. You go to Michael Phelps and say, "Oh, he's a born swimmer," and then you find out the guy trained fifty thousand hours in the pool. Did you train fifty thousand hours? No. Okay. So 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 we're not honoring the drive 
to attain the talent. Mm -hmm. As much as we're coming in after the fact and saying, oh, look at how brilliant they are. We'll say that about uh, virtuoso musicians. Oh, that's they're born playing the violin. Right. No, they, they, you know, I, I hate to sound like uh, my boy who wrote the book on this, the 10,000 hour guy. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his I name? I forgot his name, but I, we um, know who you're talking uh, about. Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. But, but behind all of that is everything they've done right. for this. Mm, right. And, and mm. I had, I had a, I don't mean to give a too long answer to this, but I had a cameo appearance in Stargate Atlantis in one episode. And, mm. I, and I rate myself a C plus in that, playing myself. Okay. Rate myself a C plus. Your own critic. My own, my, my own critic. I'm sitting next to one of their star actors, and we're between scenes, we're in the director's chairs, and I say, oh, so, so how long you've been acting? I'm just trying to make small talk. They say, oh, well, if you include commercials, since I was five, it was right. like, whoa! Exactly. And, and, and when I see them act, what the, the director said, okay, redo it again, but this time with a little, add some emotion in the beginning, flatten it out midway, and then look for longingly at the end. In one sentence, all of that gets conveyed, and I'm saying, oh, I can't do that. What? Right. And so they are tapping deep mm. into a lifetime of that experience. And, you know, and so, so I think it's insulting to come up to someone with talent and say, oh, you have a gift. You, have you a were gift. born with this. Right. Excuse me, this world is for people who work hard. And if you're not working hard, then you'll know why you didn't achieve. And I got gotcha. one other thing to tell you. Even Forget the fact that I taught matrices in eighth grade and, and gave my first public talk. There is no teacher in my entire time in school who at any time would have said, he's gonna go far. Because my grades were kind of average. Wow. And in school, wow. in school, it is the high-grade people who they say, that's the person right. who will succeed. Right. So the, the mindset, and you know, of course you know, you, we all been in class, and we all know who the straight-eight kids were. Yeah. We all mm. know, and they were the teacher's pet, they were, got all the awards, and now think about who are the shakers and movers of this world. Mm -hmm. The greatest are the journalists, the poets, the comedians, the actors, the, the great uh, attorneys. Ask them, did you get straight A's throughout school? Chances are not. Even the inventors of the internet. Even, look, at, look at all the Al people. Al Gore, Al Gore. Sh <laughs> look at the yourself. <laughs> look at look at the people who, who who founded Facebook. A college dropout. Um, Bill Gates never finished college. Uh, Michael Dell never finished college. Right. The guy who who founded co-founded Twitter never even went to college. So to say the straight A is the person who's going to matter in this world, you don't understand how it is that people come to matter in the world. That's all I'm trying to say. Wow. That's, that's your answer, you see? Okay. <laughs> great answer. So. Hit the bottom with that fun. one. Appreciate it. Right. Uh, and with that, I will yeah. just put something on the end of that. So please, please stop saying that I can dance because I'm black. I worked hard at that. Okay? So, no, I'm joking. Not, not in your case. You came out. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> so anyway, that is fantastic, man. That's a great yeah, answer. No. Uh, OC, okay. man, thanks so much. Oh, for yeah. I'm glad. I, I came from Midtown, so I'm glad that I caught the tail end of this. Uh, OC, great. Oh, to yeah. Hey, man, yeah. well, listen, we're, we certainly hope that we can get you back on the show again. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for spending so much time with us. Yeah, yeah. yeah Anytime, man. Thank you, guys, man. It was OC, honor. thank you kindly. Man, right. that was a good show. Wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's terrible that we're going to have to leave right now, but we leave knowing that uh, this Sunday you're going to be watching a big game and hopefully thinking about a tremendous um, shot of a football pointing downwards as it comes your way, thanks to none other than Neil deGrasse Tyson. No, so don't thank me. That thank the laws of physics. Okay, that's right. Okay, that's right. So I'm a conveyor of these things. 
So, so that's what you should celebrate. Okay, that's, okay, there we go. So thank you to the laws of physics. <laughs> <laughs> thank you to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Right. Thank you to the laws of physics. Former yeah. MVP, Santonio yeah. Holmes, and his amazing trophies. And of course, to former New York Giants, O.C. Amanura. And we would not be there without Mr. Chuck Lou. Yes. Sir, thank you kindly for explaining and breaking down all of the science behind those wonderful plays in Super Bowl.